This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. One of the best parts of my job is that I get to talk to some amazing, strange, incredible, complicated, wonderful people. And one such person is a gentleman named Jim Coleman. I had him on a Thrive Thursday recently. And I brought him on because, you know, I'm obsessed with us getting this money thing. And I want us to close this wealth gap, which they're saying is going to take 238 years. And I'm like, nope, we're going to figure this out. And I'm going to have people on that are going to drop these gems and drop these seeds so that we can plant it and grow. And his book is called Cut the Crap and Close the Gap. The Urgency of Delivering Desired Results, Jim Coleman. So as we were talking, I was like, okay, all right, uh, your story's interesting. But then he's dropping little clues that had me wondering about his allegiance to the cause, if you know what I'm saying. And by the end of the interview, I finally asked him, look, um, did you vote for Trump? His answer did not surprise me, but it, it led me to keeping him over. And we ended up doing a podcast where... Oh my goodness, the conversation was, uh, <laughs> you just have to listen to it. You let me know what you think. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Use the hashtag podcast. Let me know what you think. I'm playing that tomorrow, the podcast. But today is the interview so that you have some perspective. And this is brought to you by FabFitFun, FabFitFun.com. What is that? Well, it is a, a box, a seasonal box that comes uh, to your door. You can gift yourself. Um, and I just got mine in the mail uh, this week. Or you can give someone else. I sent one to my mom a couple of weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to sending it out to a host of other people because when I got my box, it was like Christmas. And I was so happy. I got a nice uh, fall scarf and some facial products and some stuff for my hair, eyeliners. And you can kind of tailor make each box is seasonal you can tailor make what needs to go in it because they give you a little um, questionnaire where you pick you know the things you like and the things you don't like and if you're sending it to somebody and it's for women you can pick the things that she'll like and things that she may not like her age bracket and things like that and then they put it together I even have some Aveda products in my box it's really cool and you can go to FabFitFun yourself it's about $200 actually more than $200 worth of merchandise for just $49.99 and when you use my coupon code, this is Karen at checkout at fabfitfun.com, you get $10 off. So go to fabfitfun.com, use my coupon code, this is Karen, and get $10 off. Up next, my interview with Jim Coleman. Let me know what you think. I'm finally, finally in front of this gentleman. He has a book, which he signed over to Jameson, so I can't keep this one. This is Jameson's <laughs> book. I think that was a Kentucky thing. And I'm not mad at that because Jameson could use this book too. It's called Cut the Crap. And close the gap. Let me welcome to the show, Mr. Jim Coleman. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, so the uh, subtitle is The Urgency of Delivering Desired Results. First, before we get into who you are, what was the impetus for writing this? My great-grandfather, who purchased our family farm on March 27, 1888, in Lexington, Kentucky. He had tilled this farm as a slave. And he found some kind of way to pull together $1,200 to be able to buy this farm. And we've had it in our family for 130 years. I like to say March 27, 1888 was the day I was conceived because that's the day he purchased that land. And it sent over 300 of his descendants to college, Karen, over the next 130 years. And that's what we've got to replicate. Wow. African-Americans during that time frame from the eight, late 1800s all the way up to 1920 purchased more than 14 million acres of farmland, and that represented about 13% of the available farmland in the United States. 
Today, here in 2019, we only own 3 million of those acres, and it's less than a half a percent. So we've got to cut the crap and close the gap. So it's easy to say cut the crap and close the gap when you know that vast majority of enslaved people who owned property had their property taken from them. Mm-hmm. Vast majority of folk from the global majority who owned property might have gotten lynched. Right. All right. Absolutely. Somebody might have said, hey, boy, I want this land and right. you have no recourse because the government is conspiring against you. So while we had and then we had this recently in the 2000s, there was something called the subprime lending. Absolutely. Uh, Wells Fargo and other banks conspired to give black people loans that they knew they could not afford or right. give them loans that were ridiculous with rates that didn't make any sense. And a lot of our wealth was lost. Then Big we time. lost homes. So while and so so. We've always understood how to become wealthy. When you're mm-hmm. talking, I'm reading a book right now that DeForest Sories gave me right. called Black Wealth. And it talks about all of the black people I never heard of before right. who built wealth like O.W. Gurley, who I talk about quite frequently right. from Tulsa, who came with land in Oklahoma. They made right. 40 acres. Right. And then J.B. Stratford came afterwards and they built Black Wall Street. Right. We've understood the formula. But we've always kind of been, you know, run up against a system that was designed to keep us out of the loop. So how do you, you know, respond to that, Jim? Uh, you know, certainly it has been a lot of racism out there. Grover Cleveland was the president of the United States. He was anti-giving away money. He didn't want to help small business. It certainly wasn't going to help a black man buy a little farm in Kentucky. But, Karen, the thing that, you know, my great-grandfather did and what I like to focus on, that's what this book is all about. With all the things that were going on, he had no right to vote. His first option would have been, you know what, I don't have a right to vote. My best friend's not county executive like today. I am my, One of my best friends is county executive of Prince George County, Rashern Baker. I don't know the local congressman. I'm black. I don't have a college degree. I never will get to go to University of Kentucky. He could have said, you know what, I'm going to waste my time being a victim, and I'll wait on Al Sharpton to get me reparations. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Reparations, wait a minute. something wait a minute. like that. That's the first option. Go ahead. Second option was I had relatives at the time, Henry Clay, who was our congressman, put together what we called the American Colonization Society. For anybody back then that wanted to get out of America, get on out of here. they went to Liberia. They went to Liberia. Do you know one of my family members who grew up on our family farm, his name was William D. Coleman. He and his mother left our farm and went. He later became the 13th president of Liberia. Liberia's gone through a lot of challenges. If I were back then, I would have said, Karen, I'm out of here. I'm going to Liberia. Mm, That's not the answer either. It is not. Go ahead. Third. Third option, which I like to kind of wrap it up, which is in this book, seize the moment. No matter what's going on, the president's prejudice. Back then, the Klan, they weren't even wearing hoods. They were like, I am in the Klan. I ain't afraid to even hide. I'm the governor. I am. I'm the mayor. (laughs) I'm I'm the the governor. I'm the president. I'm the head of the chamber. And if you don't like it, tough luck. He said, you know what? I've got to focus on the controllables, not get caught up on the tweets. Focus on what can I do, not what I can't do. During that time, Booker T. put together all of these, uh, what they Washington, call the- Washington, that would be. Uh, Booker T. Washington put together all these union benevolent societies all over the United States. It was growing like crazy. And in my little farming community called Uttingertown, they had what they called this lodge, this UBS lodge, where all the blacks in the little church would put together their coins and pennies, and they did two things with the money. Paid off anybody that would you know, die, they'd pay for the funeral, and help each other buy land. My great-grandfather borrowed $1,200 from that lodge. So they had their own credit union. Went to work. He sent over, uh, the next generation, his son, John Coleman and Molly, they had seven kids. Six out of seven of their kids went to college during the Great Depression. Wow. When everybody, nobody had money. So right. and, to and answer they your definitely question, didn't have set-asides for they didn't. black people. And everybody was broke. Right. Uh, my parents sent all of us to college. Bottom line is, is that, you know, we can get caught up on all the challenges and the distractions. That's a lot today. Racism, everybody's saying racism. Well. But we got to do our best as leaders 
to encourage us to say, so what is it that we can focus on? And I did that while I was the president and CEO down there in Prince George's County with Rashern. And we made it happen. We we increased the median household income by over twelve thousand dollars for County black people, which is sixty five percent black. PG County is one of the wealthiest counties. Absolutely, eighty one thousand medium household income. Yep. So let me just say this: um, your message is something that I preach, but I don't like the method. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. be straight up with you: cut the crap, close the gap. Powerful message. Yes. But I think we we do ourselves a disservice when we don't discuss the history. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want to dismiss the history. And I think that's where, where we fall into a problem mm-hmm. here in this country is that we need to say, and I do this, I say two things are true. At the same time as we build, we have to tell the truth about yes. the origin story here. And, yes. and that's why I had to say terrible. black people aren't lazy and stupid. They are not. There's been a system designed to... To keep us from that doesn't mean we stop building. That doesn't exactly. But but to not acknowledge, I fully acknowledge that there these was, things happen and they are continuing to happen a lot today. I said on my Facebook, you know, you know, the president said the other day, you know, it's sad this happened. You know, we got to really focus on middle care. No, we don't. If you're a terrorist, you're a terrorist. If it's a brother or a Muslim that does something, he's an he's an animal. If you hurt somebody, you're an animal. It doesn't make a difference what your race is, what origin, what color your skin is. You, it, it's it's you're a terrorist. So we have a lot of challenges today. There is a lot of racism. It's not as bad as, quite frankly, as when my great grandfather's no. come. We, we have to admit that. No, it's not. But you know, so it, well, well here's, here's what here's what we need, also need to admit. It's 2019, mm-hmm. and while no, we're not on you know on chain gangs, yes. and we're not being snatched out of our beds like Emmett Till. Hey, this is Karen Hunt, and I remember the first time I tried HelloFresh. It was a chili satan. I was doing something vegetarian. I had never heard of satan before, but it was delicious, and it looked just like chili, but it was vegetables, right? And now I'm doing even more vegetables because I love to eat healthy, and I also love to cook, and HelloFresh makes both of those things really easy. So you can sign up right now at HelloFresh.com slash KH80. That's my code, KH80, and you get $80 off your first four boxes or $20 off each of your first four boxes at HelloFresh.com, KH80. And what are they cooking now? Oh, they have heirloom tomato flatbreads with pesto, fresh mozzarella, and balsamic greens. And what's really cool, step-by-step instructions, pre-measured ingredients, fresh ingredients, comes right to your door. You don't have to worry about the supermarket and standing in line right in your door so you spend less time planning and grocery shopping, more time doing the things you love. And all of these meals come together in about 30 minutes or less. They even have family plans. There's something for everyone, classic meals, veggie meals, family dinners, all of that at HelloFresh.com slash KH80. Sign up today. It's delicious. I love it. You'll love it too. Let me know what you think. It's 2019. We shouldn't have any of this. You like, so it. that's the weird thing. Like, yeah. you would think a uh, couple of hundred years we would have evolved into, yes. oh, this skin thing, this melanin thing that I can't control. Yeah. Why am I being judged by it? This I is love stupid. It. I love that my skin is dark. It makes me stand out. When I talk to customers, when I speak, Karen, they remember me. If I was a white guy, they would say, I can you remember him. I'm not kidding you. I have in my career, in my, and I write this in my book, in my business career, I've used it as an advantage. When I went to Howard, the first person that told me I wasn't going to be nobody or anybody, first Howard University turned me down. My mother said, I'm writing a letter. And they don't know what they've done. She got that overturned, thank God. Secondly, when I got there, Cupcakes, her name is Cleo Coleman. She's in heaven listening to this show tonight. I called her Cupcakes. She was my Cupcakes. You called your mother Cupcakes. I did. My father, that's why he said, you got to go. Both of us can't be calling her Cupcakes. You got to go. I'm the only one in the house, but I called her Cupcakes all my life. This is too much, James. And she got me to where I'm sitting here right now. But when I went to Howard, I had this professor. I wanted to be a doctor. 
And this professor, I flunked two uh, class, flunked two tests in organic. This is at Howard Org- University, an African American. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, I said, I want to come by and see if I can get extra credit and maybe get my grade caught up to see. He said, you don't stand a chance. He said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Kentucky. He said, at least you're not from Louisiana because those brothers and sisters, they're illiterate. And I said, well, how can you say that? He said, I just said it. He said, the best thing you need to do is drop out of this class. If you do, I'll give you a D. If you stay in it, you're going to get an F. This is a brother. Now, I, you know, my 35 years uh, in business. Well, you did fail, too. Uh, I would, I would have. Organic I, chemistry. And, so, and you know what? I mean, if you're going by statistics and it's averages, time to change you probably gears. should have, you know, I'm, he wasn't giving you information. That's right. Not based on. It wasn't actual, racism. It, after right. I look back at it, you know, a lot of my friends, when I tell them that, that's wrong. So how can a black professor say that? Because you failed two tests. You, and I had to look at reality. <laughs> and I said, I always say, Karen, you know what? I would have been a doctor if I would have stuck to it, but I would have just graduated so this past out? May. Oh, I, did, I, I, did I, I changed out of that class? I changed gears to economics, called my mother, said, Mom, I don't think I'm going to be a doctor. She said, baby, we just sent you to Hyde. You'll be anybody if you can get out of Hyde. If you can go to hide and get out, baby, Thoroughgood Marshall went there. I changed gears for Shern Baker. I ran his campaign. He became uh, president of Liberal Arts Student Council. I'm chief of staff. I ain't looked back. He made me the- So that was a good choice. It was. You and shouldn't the, probably be a doctor. The you, you bottom talk line too fast. is we have to we do what we're good at. We need doctors. <laughs> we need doctors that are going to explain Karen, Karen, things in a very methodical down. way. I'm so excited All to be right. on the show. You Jim got me Coleman. so wound up here. All right. Jim Coleman's here. The book is called Cut the Crap and Close the Gap. Let me ask you a question, okay. Jim. Are you rich? Um, I, uh, yeah, I am. Okay, good. I am. Thank I am. you. Finally. I am. I am. Thank I you. It. I yes, mean, I'm not as rich as it. I want to be, but right. I'm rich. I'm How broke. rich are you? No. I, I, I've got about $4 million. Okay, that I own a little good. farm in Kentucky. Okay. I own a farm in Scarsdale. I ain't hurting. Now, is this the farm, part of the farm that your grand, great-grandfather? He bought it for 1200 today. It's worth about $2 million. Listen. Okay, and you that's have a, you own all of it? Uh, 100%. Getting ready to build a new house on it. Look at that. I looked at the colored notes in our uh, local paper, and Molly Coleman, who was my mother, who sa- uh, grandmother who saved the farm, they had co- colored notes in 1926. And I colored just saw it. notes. Mm-hmm. It was in the Lexington Herald where they had the section of the paper left for black folks, and it was called colored notes. And I just saw it today where Molly Coleman was hosting on June the 26th, 1926. She was hosting the Sisters Club of Uttingertown. It almost made me cry. She saved the farm. The, the The banker came up one time and said, we, y'all behind. They sent their one son to Morehouse, paid, got a loan for $500. It was $7 a month. He said, y'all behind three three months. My grandfather said, I ain't going to beg another white man for nothing. I'm tired of racism. And thank God my grandma said, John, you can't let him take the house. He said, I just said it. I ain't begging. And my grandma said, can we have a word of prayer? And he said, y'all better make it fast, Molly, because y'all behind. She said, I will. She got on her knees, thought, Meshach, Moshach, Abednego, talking in tongues and having a seizure on the floor. He said, y'all just get caught up. Y'all crazy. And he took off running, never came back. I just think all, every day, what if Molly Coleman did not pray? What if she's been too proud? I ain't begging. I would have never gotten to go to Howard University. My mother certainly wasn't going to marry my father. And she never would have been cupcakes. She would never have been cupcakes. And I wouldn't be here. Around. It's, it's about. Right. So the biggest lesson, you 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 didn't get rich off of the farm, even though no, the farm helps I've your net a, worth. Yeah, um, but I, how, how did you make your money? You studied economics and then you went on to do what? Well, I learned a lot from my father. Running a farm, he put me in charge of Coleman Crest at 11 years old. So I learned the value of hard work and sacrifice. What did you do? Just give me I, some, I some of your jobs. I managed the pigs, the cows, the sheep. I, he was into no excuses. He would come home if the work wasn't done. He would say, why don't we just sell the farm? Let's just move to the damn projects. You don't care. I said, we can't, Dad. I don't want to lose the farm. He said, then you, why don't you get this farm cleaned up? And I would say, well, I got to say, he said, get, he would say, give me a break. 
cut the crap. I don't need that. My mother died on me when I was 11 years old. I went and killed Hitler in Germany and had to ride the back of the train on the way home. Give me a break. What excuses do you have? All you have to do is come home, do your homework, and straighten out this damn barn and clean up the house. And so I grew up under that, Karen. I didn't grow up under a lot of... I wish my father was into excuses some days. I wish he would have said, yeah, you're right. It's racism. You know, Johnson and all that. I wish he would say that. Hold on. All right. Because I know you do public speaking, and that, that probably goes over well with the, with the, with the uh-huh. um, you know, that, that set. Uh-huh. I don't hear black people talk about racism from the standpoint that it doesn't, that, that it stops them from getting up every day and do things. I actually never hear that. Really? I never I, hear that. I've got I a, never hear that. I've got a lot of folks that we've that got tell you friends. as a result of racism, I can't be more. I never hear that. Well, I do. Who, where do you, I, I do. Where, who do you hang out all, with? I hear it almost all the time. About, where? I hear it from a whole lot of different people saying the reason why they can't make it and why African-Americans have had such a hard time mm, is primarily that? racism. Absolutely, I have. Well, so. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I, so, I've had that a lot. Okay, I, I, I we do have different friends because what what I what I hear is that yes, this system is designed for me mm-hmm. to not succeed, and yet we do, and yet and yet more black women have degrees per capita than any other group in this country, yeah. despite racism, and yet right. yet there's a wealth gap, but somehow we manage to spend a trillion plus dollars annually, yeah. despite there being this disparity. So yeah. so clearly the the narrative is is you know. And I and I think you know when we perpetuate this notion that black people are vic- victimized, they mm-hmm. they they are victimized by racism. Yeah. We but we don't really even talk about race in this country. We don't have a comprehensive discussion about how the the racial disparity has really impacted all of Americans. We don't talk about that, right? Well, I I again I think racism does exist. It it clearly does, and it does oftentimes give us a, it gives us a competitive disadvantage. But, you know, being on your show, I, there are some key things that, you know, I talk about in the book and then I talk about when I'm out that we as a people can focus. You know, we're at the $60,000 on median household income for everybody in the United States. African-Americans are at 40,000. At 40, mm-hmm. And I'm really, I'm obsessed about that. I mean, I, I'm a revolutionary. I'm, I told one of my pastors, my pastors, William uh, Frank, Franklin Richardson up at Grace Baptist Church, I said, Rev, I, I'm more angry than you. <laughs> I am. You might think I look like a corny little guy, but I'm angry. And I'm angry about how do we close that gap? Okay, and let's, what can let's we do? We got five minutes. Okay. Tell me what we can do. There are about five things that I focus on a daily basis. Number one. One a minute. Okay. Go ahead. First thing is good health. You can't have, be wealthy if you're sick. Uh, 65% of our folks are obese, high blood pressure, and sick. We got to get ourselves together and live. Brothers are dropping every single day. And I'm talking about brothers at 50 years old. Second thing is we got to invest in real estate. I own that I farm, agree. and I've been very fortunate. Didn't I, I was fortunate already had before I was even born. But we got to find ways of being able to get, whether it's a little house, a ranch house, uh, if great-granddaddy's got a farm down in South Carolina, don't sell rates. it. Mm-hmm. With, with good, good rates. With good rates. Not subprime. And Absolutely. Not, you know, so, I got burned during that time. I yeah. bought real estate. I, bought, I had to give up three buildings, Karen, so I'm not sitting here. Yeah. And I, I don't yeah. blame anybody because so, so if they didn't give me that loan, I would have been mad about not getting the loan. Is there a way, Jim Coleman, to do what your grandfather did and have a co-op? Is there Absolutely. a way for us to form our own credit unions? Because that's yes. what I'm looking to do. Uh, we need to st- restart that union benevolent society again. That's where it was started in the church, where we borrow from each other. We're not sitting around begging. My great-grandfather and his friends in the community, they didn't sit around saying, well, you know, things are tight. We can't borrow at Central Unions. They just said, how do we pull our own little pennies together? So 
The, so you're going to start one, Jim? I would, I'm going to, with your help, officially <laughs> right. tonight. Third right. is we've got to be entrepreneurs, and we don't just jump out into that. There, You know, when I was down in economic development down in Prince George County, you know, I told Bake uh, the fastest way out of poverty. He said, Bake, what's the fastest way to you? He's, well, get a college education. I said, Bake, with all due respect. Now, he, and Bake's brilliant. But I said, Bake, the fastest way for a brother to get out of jail and into wealth is to learn and get a CDL license, driving a truck. There's 70,000 trucks sitting idle every single day in the United States, and I've heard you on your show. That we got to get back into the skills, trades, electrician. Pepco wanted to hire 100 black folks down in Prince George County. I, I interviewed 4,300 African Americans. We got down to 30 people that could get the job done. Reading and writing at the ninth grade level, Karen, is a necessity. I told Bake, I said, man, instead of trying to get everybody to go to college, why don't we focus on making sure brothers and sisters can read and write at the ninth grade level? The last thing is, is that we've got to tap into the stock market. This brother down in Prince George's County, his name is J.R. Fenwick. He launched this company called Flip That Stock, and I'm a part of it. I'm telling you right now, I, I didn't know before I got into this that you could, between 9.30 and 9.33 in the morning, you could make $120 with one trade. We've, uh, the market's gone up $10 trillion in the, last 10, in the last two years, and we're not tapping into that. So and you we've can got make to money tap when into it's that. on the downside, too. I, I, that's where I, today right. I make money. It's called shorting. But yep, the stock's going right. down. Yep. I just learned that. And here I am, 58 years old. And Karen, I just learned that six months ago by being a member of the Flip That Stock. We, we've got to tap into that. Then the last thing is, is that, you know, and I, I don't want this to make you uptight or mad or anything, but we've got to get back to the family unit, you know. Why would that make me mad? Well, the family unit, you know, back in the 19, in 1960, I want to understand why you would think that would make me angry. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say no, that. I just then. want to know. I, well, some of my friends might think different than some of your friends, so I just want to let Who you know this is... Who would be against the family unit? Well, let me let me just say what I was okay. going to say. Go 80, 87% in 1960, 87% of our families were together. And Sis wasn't having to carry the load by herself. And that's made a oh, major impact. Oh, you're saying children born out of wedlock? Uh, today, yeah. it's at 25% okay. on our families. And I, let well, me tell you so the yeah, impact I'm of that. I'm not angry about your assessment uh -huh. because I... I actually, my parents were married till the yeah. day they died, and yeah. I think I believe that that helps to have. But but family looks different today. It does, and it's, so just because changed. there's no mommy yeah, and daddy absolutely. or whatever, as long as there's a unit, the problem is we don't live among yes. one another. Yes, this radio show is a family. Absolutely, I, like and and if we. Look at one another as brother, sister, yeah. cousins, all of us. We can move differently. So I. I don't want to. I don't want to wag my finger the way Bill Cosby did or the way yeah. you're about to. So but, I'm not going to let you but do it. Karen, it does make what? it tougher I, down in Prince George's County. It does. Four, no, no doubt. But it homes. is what it is, Jim. You're not going to snap your fingers and have people married and have babies. And there are a lot of yeah. har horrible marriages out there with Absolutely. kids being raised in a household with two parents, and it sucks. So yes. I'm just saying the 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 goal should be loving community. That's right. Absolutely. So you should be mad. I, I, no, I'm just playing. I'm mad I'm just about playing that. With you. I, I want that. I, to actually, I don't want to. I don't want to do this to you. But listen, <laughs> you cut the you crap. Want, cut I the crap. One of those copies gap. too. It Did wasn't you, just for Jameson. I, if he did, I've got a copy says, too. Well, he dear Jameson, no. wishing you all the best. I sent two <laughs> down here. I, I brought okay. an extra one for you. Okay, I appreciate Karen, it. Karen, thank you I so much for all you're doing. Listen, Jim, I want to word out. I'm serious about this Union Benevolent Society. Let's bring it back. When the mics are off, I'm going to challenge you to create this. Okay. I'd love to. And then when you come back, you're going to announce that you have it, and then people can start to pool their resources. Uh, you know what? It's like microfinance. We could do it, though. It's what it's all it. about. It can change lives. Listen, 
I, I wouldn't sit here every day if I didn't think that was possible. And I wouldn't have people like you on the show, even if we don't disagree, but we got That's a different way to get there. We need everybody, don't we? Yes, to, we do. Different ideas and views. Yes, we do, brother. That's yes, we do. the beauty of your show. Did you vote for Trump? I, I you know, I, I did. Oh my God! <laughs> I did. I say I that did. question for last because I, I knew it, y'all. I knew it. I did. Six I million new jobs. One point six million for African Americans. Are you gonna vote for him again? Uh, right now. Oh with, my God! I'm telling you, I'm looking at economics for who's gonna help my people the most yes on no, jobs. Jim. All okay. right, Kurt, turn his mic off. I'm about to handle him. All right. All right. Thank you for being here. Thank We're gonna you, have Karen. to be nice until you until you get off the mic, and then I'm gonna have to tell you some things. All right. Thank you, Jim Thank Coleman. You, Karen. His book is Cut the Crap and Closing. <laughs> Never a dull moment here.